This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jolan True, peace and long life. Welcome back to Red Shirts and Runabouts. I am your host, Derek, also known as the Star Trek Dude, and you're listening to the Star Trek Podcast on the Heroes Podcast Network. So far, we are reviewing Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, We are in week two, episode two of that show. And for that, I have two special guest hosts rejoining me on the show. I have... uh, they're they're both recurring guests, really, but longtime friend Zach. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Also known as Avenger ZS on the Twitter sphere. That is correct. And my lovely co-host of Screen Heroes and my wife Ray. Hi. 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 And we are here to talk Star Trek Lower Decks, Episode 2, on Voice. Before we do that, a couple pieces of Trek news to get out of the way. Uh, If you are in the camp of people who are not in the United States, or if you have not signed up for CBS All Access, you can get a look at the show because the very first episode of the series, which is entitled Second Contact, is now available on YouTube through the CBS All Access page on YouTube or the channel on YouTube. So you can watch the whole thing in its entirety and get a glimpse Where? at... Where can you watch it? On YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. You said YouTube three times in that sentence. So oh, I was just like, do okay. it again. <laughs> um, it was a joke. <laughs> here's, here's the catch. Um, it is region locked to the U.S. So... Take that for what it's worth and, you know, deal with that as you may have to. But there it is if you want to get a look at the show, but you don't pay for CBS All Access or something like that. So that's short. Um, Next up, we've got some other bits and pieces that kind of came out. 
Uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 3, of course, lands October 15th, but Season 4 is already being written. Kurtzman uh, had an interview uh, basically talking about the Emmys and things like that and mentioned that, you know, while COVID, of course, has sidelined a lot of entertainment productions, the ability to write scripts, on the other hand, is still moving forward in the Star Trek universe. So, um, they are ahead on Discovery and Picard and Strange New Worlds, which Kurtzman also said they are going to be starting to shoot in 2021, um, which is pretty exciting. He mentioned Section 31, but kind of like offhanded at the end. So I don't know if that's supposed to be lumped in with the Strange New Worlds shooting next year or not. And he just mentioned they were working on it. But that's some good news. Right, mm-hmm. guys? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's good news. Um, but that's basically it. That's all we really have. Uh, other than that, we are we apologize to anybody who wanted to watch us do this live in our Facebook group. We tried desperately to get this to work, but Facebook had some type of technical glitch that would not allow us to stream. Um, so hopefully we can come back and do this for episode three. But uh, if not, thanks for joining us anyway here on our normal podcast feed. So cool. Good stuff. This is going to be your spoiler warning for Star Trek Lower Decks episodes one and two, because we may reference something that happened in episode one. I don't know. We haven't had the conversation yet, but fair warning. If you haven't watched those two episodes, um, you know, basically previous Trek is kind of up for grabs in these conversations. So um, episode two of Star Trek Lower Decks is called Envoys. It takes place in 2038. It is the 780th episode of Star Trek, which means uh, that we're going to pass 800 episodes of Star Trek this year in 2020. It's a big milestone, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a big number. It's a really, really big number. So that's pretty cool. The episode. Uh, Are they going to do it like in the comic books where they, you know, they've reset the number so many times when we get to 800, they're just going to be called episode 800. <laughs> you know, I don't think so. I don't. That's probably a good call. We'll get, th- we'll get a new 52 revamp of Star Trek. Oh God. Please I don't know. Don't. What would you call that? Um, new Trek. New Trek. <laughs> Trek, Trek beyond. There you go. We've already oh, got geez. that one. Keep on trekking. Oof. Oof. (laughs) Look, there's no bad ideas in brainstorming. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think that there could definitely be some bad ideas in brainstorming, but we're not going to go down that route here. Instead, we're going to talk about this new episode. There are a lot of things in this one. There's a lot of, of tidbits. There's two main stories. We have our, our A plot, which has Boimler and Mariner going with a lovely Klingon to some planet. Uh, the planet's name is, is something. I lost track of the name of the planet. Anyone remember the planet's name? No. Cool. I did not. No big deal. I lost it, and for some reason can't find it but it's fine so they're, they're taking a klingon to a planet for some peace talks that's really all that matters here and the b plot is with rutherford excuse me he and tendy are becoming close friends and he is trying to change his career path 
so he will have more time to spend with her, which is very sweet. And so that's the B, the B plot. There really isn't a C plot, which is fair, given that it's only a 25-minute episode. It's hard to, to get all of that in there. We get to start things off kind of fun. We have an energy being, which we've seen many times on Star Trek, and Mariner doesn't uh, take long to let us know that. What did you guys think of the opening of the episode? So I thought it was pretty funny. I was a little bothered that the energy being gets like sucked up into her mom and then it's just dropped. Oh, I figured it just like died. Oh yeah. Like she walked into it and it like, that was it. Cause he was so oh. little. That's kind of what I thought. Oh, if anything, man. if anything, maybe it got absorbed by her uniform, but it was, it was pretty weak at that point. Yeah. Uh, okay that's fair i thought it was like possessing her to gain strength again and i'm like oh we'll go back to that that's kind of silly but all right if it just died it died cool <laughs> yeah i think i think it's just dead all right yeah i think they just killed him okay <laughs> watch it be the uh season finale uh big final boss <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe uh so so yeah so then we get to learn that boimler's got his special mission to to take corinne to uh to this peace talks and he's very excited about it um i don't know I sh i'm sure this is kind of by design at this point but he's he's a little he's a lot to handle boimler yeah he's uh -huh. he is doing the absolute most mm-hmm he really is. Like, he is the, the book smart guy, right? He's done all of his homework. He's really studied. He's trying to do everything by the book. And maybe maybe this is for the best because, you know, a lot of complaints over the years have been just how, like, pristine and, and clean and convenient everything is in the TNG era of Star Trek where there should probably be a lot more misunderstandings and mistakes because you're communicating with so many different species. This certainly shows that. Yeah. Right. Where you could read all you want, you can study all you want, but when the rubber meets the road, there's there's a lot that you you haven't learned, right? And that's kind of the moral of the story. He has a uh, he has a little bit of um, Barclay energy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I didn't really think of that. I don't know that he's smart enough to be Barclay, but yeah, he's <laughs> he's the poor man's Barclay. Oh, Barclay! I would like to see him on this. I would too. Yeah. That would be fun. It would. So what'd you guys think of the A plot? You know, they, they go down to the planet and hilarity ensues. Um, Koran takes the shuttle and they have to hunt him down while he's getting himself drunk at very various districts through this planet, which are all very segregated and a little stereotypical, I must say. Yeah. Part of the planet looked a little like Ryza. Yeah. Well, there's a whole, there was a whole Ryza district. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a Klingon district and the Andorian district. I, I'm not saying that that's like impractical or anything, but it just seemed a little, a little kind of racisty. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's just me. What do you guys think? I, I don't think it's necessarily racist, considering a lot of metropolises in the U.S. have like little Chinatown and little Italy's and you know it just it just kind of happens when people land on your planet 
Yeah. I mean, it's less segregated than you would hope for, you know, a Federation allied planet. You'd like, you'd hope that there'd be more blending like what we've seen in some of the other shows, but you know, to each, to each their own, I guess. Fair enough. That's fair. Uh, what'd you think of the plot though, of the, of the A plot? Did you, was there anything you liked or didn't like about it? It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, I thought it was fun. I, I enjoyed, uh, and I can't remember the Klingon's name now, but I liked Mariner's relationship with the Klingon and Corinne. Corinne, yeah, yeah. Um, I liked, I liked that. And that's you know, a plot, b plot. I think my favorite thing about this show so far is the relationships. Um, if I have any complaints about the the a plot, it's just with with Boimler. Uh, like you said, he's he's a bit much, and I appreciate seeing their friendship evolve. And 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 you know, Mariner is taking her like we saw in the last episode at the end. Like she's taking her, uh, you know, self. Uh, self-sworn duty of, of training Boimler very seriously and I like that but I felt like the ultimate conclusion of, of the A-plot was just that she was catering to his fragile ego like and it's it's one thing if it's your kid you know like a small child and you want to see them succeed but it's another thing for like a grown-ass white dude to be like all butthurt because he's not uh he's not the one on top I mean, I didn't take it as him upset that he's not like the best of the best. I can understand being frustrated when you've worked as hard as he did and he's like sucking that badly. Like he was not yeah. like it wasn't that she was better than him. It was that he was terrible. Yeah. And that's got to be frustrating that he worked so hard and was just awful. Sure. Ray, what about you? I actually want to go a step further. I think both characters are a little much. And because they're so different, when you put them next to each other, the relationship between them is a little forced. It's a little heavy. Like, oh, she's the fun one. But, like, I... Derek and I joke that like I'm the spontaneous silly one and he's the responsible one quite often but even I was like get your ramen off of the dash what are you doing <laughs> right so I just I'm really hoping that as the episodes go on these characters kind of cool and they find a way to write them so that you know uh Boimler is that his name? Boimler. 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 Yeah. So that you know, Boimler can catch up and relax just a little bit, and not be so uptight. And Mariner can, you know, maybe once or twice respect other people. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see these relationships evolve, and you know, I'm, I'm giving it a pass because it is, you know, early Star Trek, and mm -hmm. you know, there's a, a curve, you know for each of the, se the you know, first seasons, it seems. Um, but yeah, I agree. And I think it'd be easy to just give it a pass and say, oh, these are just sitcom tropes. And it's like, yeah, they, they don't have to be. They can evolve from that. And you know, you, you could say, oh, well, it's just a silly cartoon, right? And it's like, well, no, like, just because it's a half hour long cartoon, a silly cartoon, doesn't mean it can't also be awesome. See Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, we've seen tons of cartoons in the last decade that are completely fully fleshed out and uh, just absolutely wonderful. So I, I don't think that uh, that's an excuse. Now, a second episode is a good excuse, to be honest. You know, people yeah. don't have their characters fleshed out as much. 
So I get that. That makes sense to me. But I enjoyed the B plot a little bit better because to me, Rutherford and Tendi are a little more relaxed mm-hmm. and they're not so opposite ends of the spectrum that it's a little annoying for me. But um, the A plot got it got better as it went on. I don't hate the fact that oh Mariner kind of played dumb so Boimler I can't say his name so that guy Boimler Boimler like Boiler with an M yes okay so um so that he could like just have a win but I, I'm not mad about that. Like I, I've let my friends just have wins before. So. Yeah, I think. So my big problem with the a plot is it felt more like an excuse to really show that this exists in the Star Trek universe, right? Yeah. You got to see just a ton of different aliens and references to aliens and references to things we haven't seen in a really long time, like like Riza, for example. Um, or, you know, we got to see a Ferengi. I mean, it was the first time in 18 years that we see a Ferengi. We haven't seen one since the 2002 episode of Enterprise, which is pretty crazy. Um, there's even a Lorian in there, which is the same species that Morn is. And I think that's the only time we've ever seen one that isn't Morn. That's really cool. Right. And so like, there's some cool stuff in there. It's like, Hey, look, this is really, this is really that universe. And we're really going to show you that it is. And that's great. You know, Corinne looks very, you know, TNG DS nine era Klingon. Um, in fact, I think well, as soon as he walked on screen and he's got the eye patch, I'm like, Martok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that was the thing is I, she mentions she gets that she got her Batleth in the first episode from a Klingon with an eye patch. And I think a lot of people assumed that the joke was Martok. Sure. But I think mm-hmm. now it's supposed to be this guy. Yeah. Yep. Right. That seems more likely. Absolutely. You know, and the aesthetics are cool. The shuttle looks, looks good. and looks like it fits in with what we've seen as, as Starfleet shuttles and everything. Uh, but there's just not like a ton there. And when Mariner does kind of throw him a bone, I appreciate that she does that. But I also feel like Boimler should have been smart enough to see through it because like a Bolian and a Ferengi look nothing alike. Yeah. At yeah. all, you know, uh, they're like Bolians are very, very blue, very blue. Uh, you know, it's it's not even like they're two species that are even close to looking alike. Um, and I'm glad that they had the little bit tacked on at the end where she's talking to the to the the Ferengi because I felt like the way they portrayed the Ferengi was like kind kind of shitty. That was given... racist. Well, it was. It was. That's how the Ferengi were por- portrayed. But DS9 evolved that that culture and that species so much over its seven-year run that, like, to revert back to that seemed kind of uncool. So I'm yeah. glad that that was just part of, like, the joke. And yeah. that's not really how he is. Um, but, yeah, I think the B-plot was definitely a little more compelling of a story. Yeah. It was. Um, so fun fact about Rutherford. Rutherford is the first Star Trek character ever to wear all three colors in the same episode. That is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's only a handful of characters that have ever worn all three anyway. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but he is the only one who's ever worn all three in the same episode, which is kind of cool. 
do you uh what did you think about him trying out the different jobs was there one that you felt that he was better suited for do you have any anything along those lines is there a job you would have liked to have what's your color uh, I'm a science officer. Uh, if I go with my medical background, or I, I'd be um, a yellow shirt for communications. Yeah, I would also be communications. I mean, command sounds like a lot of fun, but I, I, I don't know about that. Okay. No, I don't want to captain a ship ever. I don't want to be on command track and get stuck at a desk at some point. I want to help people. And, you know, command is Derek's thing. He's, he's the captain. I'm the first officer. Yeah. I like being stuck at a desk. Apparently. I don't know. It seems like a bit of a jab, but, uh, <laughs> Maybe we're all, we're all stuck at desks for now. Girl can't uh, say anything correctly. Oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I would go the command track, right? I like the idea of one day being a captain, mm -hmm. you know. But I would take Kirk's advice from generations, and I wouldn't let them promote me. Or I would do something really crazy and insane to get them to demote me back to captain. I'd take an entire movie to do it, for example. I think I'm trying to think what you would do. <laughs> there's more of a chance that if you get promoted to admiral, you just become evil. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've seen a lot of evil admirals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Evil or just otherwise rude at best case scenario. Like, and I know it's so weird, but I love that trope. Like, look at our country right now. We have so yeah. much going on. The higher up you are, the more evil you are. So Absolutely. It's, it's so real. It is. It is relatable, sadly. Yeah, it does. It does kind of feel that. Didn't mean way. to bring y'all down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was I was already down. He can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> twenty twenty has hurt us so much. Yeah. So Which, going back so, to the episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I had a thought. I, I don't know that there was any particular job he seemed better for than than the, the rest. But sure. one thing that I um, really appreciated about this was that every time he was kind of nervously saying, hey, like, I think I'm going to try something else, there was this tense moment where the commanding officer is, like, looking like they're about to get pissed, and then they're all like, that's super wonderful, we're really excited for you, like, and, and I, I love, there was that tension, and, like, it kind of got, I mean, it wasn't the funniest joke in the world, but it got a little bit more funny as the episode went on, and I think, but at its core, at its heart, like, that is a very Trek attitude, like, the fact that they are for all their flaws and the fact that they're a, a, a C-list, you know, cast within Starfleet. This is still a Starfleet crew and they support each other and each and they support each other's growth and development. And I, I really liked that. I liked that too. That was good. The bridge crew so far in the first episode was not painted in the best light, of course. So this is a great... Uh, way to show that they are supportive of everybody mm -hmm. and it seemed that rutherford would have been great at all three other jobs it's just he his heart was in engineering so right you know, he would have figured this out at anything and i think that's kind of the point that you know everybody can be adept at something but not everybody can love everything 
Right. And for as supportive as the commanding officers were, which I loved, none of them were really giving him any training. The command one was one of my favorites just because they just kept trying the simulations. It's like, wow, over a thousand simulations. This has never happened before. And, but they're not really giving him any input or not really like telling him like how to do any of these jobs. It was very sink or swim, which, you know, maybe is the point, but I feel like there could have been more coaching. Um, I liked the nod to the, the Janeway maneuver. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Um, well, so I will say like the, sh like shacks didn't really need to do a lot of coaching, right? Because Rutherford does an amazing job during the security sequence. Mm -hmm. Right. So there, there's that. And so like, it's really just, uh, ransom and Tiana that don't really do any coaching. Well, they all just kind of like throw them in the deep end right away. That's you know, true. Security was like, I, I give that to people so that they know what defeats like and, his yeah. cyborg parts were just like, nope, no defeat here. <laughs> no, that's a good point. It is kind of interesting, though, because you would think that, like, in order to move to the command track, he would have had to have done some type of, like, testing or assessments to move right. into right. a particular area, even if it wasn't command. You know, so, like, the joke about not knowing the Janeway maneuver, like, well, maybe he should, like, study that type of thing. You would know the Picard maneuver. You would know any of those famous type things, you know, pat attack pattern Omega that Cisco loves to use in DS9. You would know what that means if you're going to go the command track. You may not be an expert yet, but you should at least have an idea of what those things mean. I would think. One would hope. You know, but... Yeah. I well, was hoping that they, like, skipped that because I figured you can't just put on a new shirt and head to that area. But it, it did seem like he was very new to everything. Like that was the first time he had ever seen anything medical happen. <laughs> I mean, this this isn't the flagship though. So I mean, maybe you know, maybe they have a policy on some of the, the friend ships where like you get to try out a different shirt for a day if you, if you so choose. <laughs> I mean, maybe you think that'd the be more of like a low. shadow, right. shadow type experience, right? Um, but like I know they didn't have the time to show all of that, but it did sure. seem like he just was walking on, like okay, sure, here's some stuff to go do. <laughs> you know, he just no went real... down to wardrobe, and that was it. I mean, kinda. You know, he just went to a replicator and got a new uniform. Yeah. I, th there's a cool aspect to that, though, right? Like that idea that you can try those things, I and mean, I think a lot of people feel very pigeonholed into the jobs that they have because there's no real way seemingly to break out of whatever that is. You, know, you can't just go to another department in your company or a different company if you work somewhere small and try out a different job. It just doesn't work that way. Oh, absolutely. So part of me was like, that's kind of neat. Mm -hmm. And everyone's and everyone was really supportive, which is super cool to to have that feeling and and he was able to go back too so you know his old boss was able to look back and like, all right well hey if if this is what makes you happy i'm glad you were able to figure that out and here's your job back and that's a really cool concept that just doesn't exist in present day right you know? anything else on the episode you want to cover anything that you thought is worth discussing uh can we just say that in the end it Tendi is absolutely adorable in this episode and she is like it it just made her she didn't even care that she couldn't see the pulsar on the observation deck she was like oh I just want to hang out with you 
I feel bad that Rutherford went through all that stuff, but I I really liked that. They're adorable. And I totally shipped them already. Same. And it I, would, I mean, I, I hate that he went through all that too, but, but it showed how much he really did care about their friendship, which was a nice touch. They have a very... Um, uh, they're both putting an equal effort into that friendship, whereas with Boimler and Mariner, it's 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 it's, just, it's a whole other mess. It is. And I'm less invested in them. I do not want them to get together. Please, no, no. don't do that. I hate the a complete opposites make the best relationship, because that's not true. Just because Derek and I have uh, some personality differences, we have tons of overlapping interests and habits and you know hobbies so no no uh, opposites may attract but they don't last for a ton of time so no 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 don't yes. do that please so i i would take a, a slightly different route with rutherford's story and say that it's a good thing that he went through all of that because he did get to see what his options were and mm -hmm. really solidify what his passion is Oh, I agree. I think that's great. You know, and that's an opportunity that maybe he wouldn't have had otherwise, that he wouldn't mm -hmm. have thought to try otherwise. And at the end of the day, yeah, he ends up doing what he was already doing. And that's that's great. But now he doesn't have to question it. He never has to even wonder, would I have preferred security? Because he knows he could do it and it just wasn't for him. And that, at least for me, is something that I really envy that option of being able to solidify knowing that he's doing what he loves. I think that's pretty Absolutely. cool. That's and he got point. to do it. He got to do it on, on his own terms, you know, doing something to for a friend. And everybody was super freaking cool about the whole thing, including Tendi. So uh, I think it's it's a good experience for him just as like a learning and growing opportunity. Absolutely. And I think it's also interesting that um, uh, it's very indicative of the type of world the Trek is that he was able to make these uh broad career changes over the course of a day and at no point during the day did he have to say "Ooh, you know i'm interested in security but it just doesn't pay me the same as engineering so i'm gonna pass like didn't matter like people yeah. in in the star trek universe are afforded the ability to do whatever is most fulfilling to them and they don't have to worry about how they're going to pay the bills yeah that's that's very true all right. Well, if there's nothing else, I did post a poll last week about the first episode, Second Contact, uh, letting people grade it. We used to do this for Discovery and Short Treks. We didn't really do it for Picard because Picard was so serialized. It was a little bit harder to pull out an individual episode and give it a grading. Right. But we got we got our results back. And overwhelmingly, people are happy with the first episode, 62% gave it an A with another 17% giving it a B tied with C. They both got 17% and only three and a half percent put D or lower. So overwhelmingly people seem to be very happy with the show. I wanted to ask you two, where would you have put the first episode? And then conversely, because we haven't been able to do the poll for this one yet, where would you have put this episode? Ooh. Are we grading these episodes just as standalone episodes or are we giving them any provisions? Like, are we grading uh, second contact on the terms that it was a Star Trek pilot or just what would you grade it? If, if that's part of your, your criteria, then great. 
you know, everyone's going to come to it from a different angle, right? For some people, this is the first Star Trek episode they ever saw. Right, right. right. For other people, maybe it's the first episode they've seen in 20 years or mm-hmm. whatever. And so they don't necessarily think about, well, it's a pilot, you know, right. and a pilot today is different than a pilot was say for TOS or TNG, where it was literally a pilot and it may not have been picked up. Like for example, the cage. So sure, sure. So this is totally on you. Just letter grading, no, no plus or minus, just what grade would you give? Uh, the first episode, and then this one. Oh, wow. I'm going to say the first episode is like a C for me, and the second episode is a B. I think I'm really struggling with the comedy aspect, to be honest, because for the first time in my life, I'm wanting to wake up and watch Star Trek like every day. And like I just got into the, the drama parts and the like serious parts, and now... I just don't know if the comedy is really for me. Like, I didn't laugh once during this episode, but I think the story, or laugh out loud, excuse me. Um, but I think the story was better than last week's. So I think it's improving and it'll probably grow on me. Just waiting for that. Yeah, I, I would put both of them at a B, I, I would say, um, overall. Um, I don't, I didn't like one of these episodes more than the other necessarily. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm on board for it. Um, I think I agree with Ray, like, you know, I, I'm very much attracted to the more serious parts of Trek. And I think if this were the only Trek show on right now, I would be, I would be very disappointed. Uh, and which isn't to say that I'm not enjoying the show. It's just that, um, I like that we're getting a diverse range of Trek. I like that we just had Picard and we're going into Discovery season three. And so to me, like, I'm not a, I'm not a gatekeeper who's going to whine and be like, this isn't Star Trek. And I don't think any of us are. Um, but I do think it's definitely very different. And I am thankful that we're getting to see different aspects of this uh, beloved franchise. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm, you know, I'm going to, I think it'll be interesting at the end of this first season on our podcast to kind of talk about our overall feelings of the season and and whether or not it progressed and, you know, gauge our excitement on a potential second season based on the overall season and how we feel after they've gotten their full first run. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. For me, I think I, I know I would give this episode a B the first episode I'm, I'm torn between a B and maybe an A just because I thought it was a good way to start the show. I thought it was a strong start for something that Star Trek's never done before. You know, at the end of the day, TNG and Voyager and Enterprise and Discovery are all kind of within the the same confines of Star Trek. DS9 was really the first one to break outside of that kind of box, and even it was pretty close up against the box. So... I would give, I think I'd give the, the first episode an A just because of its, of its, of its job to set the tone for the show in a completely different direction from Star Trek, I think was difficult. So, yes, sure. Yeah. All right. Well, then that is that uh, our Star Trek ultimate Starfleet crew wraps up voting. Basically, as we're recording, it'll be done in the morning, uh, which is when this episode comes out. And we'll be posting in our Facebook group the results of our first ever Ultimate Star Trek crew as a group. 
in our Red Shirts and Runabouts Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Red Shirts and Runabouts. Please come join us and talk Trek in there. And it's pretty cool. There's some interesting stuff. I'm looking forward to posting the results and having conversations about said results. We've had a couple that were like ties for a while, and I had to kind of nudge people to keep voting to break the ties. That includes our first officer category. That one was a tie for a really long time, as was our chief tactical slash security officer. Both of those were really close uh, for a long time, so that's kind of cool. Uh, that's going to be it, though, for us. Next week, we will be back to review Episode 3 of Star Trek Lower Decks, and we hope you will join us for that. Hopefully, we can stream it live in our Facebook group like we did last week. That's, that is our plan, so hopefully that mm -hmm. works out well for us. Episode 3 is called Temporal Edict, and that comes out on August 20th, 2020. Here in uh, the U.S., it seems that it's still there's still some licensing issues with getting the show made available internationally. Um, just to kind of like throw something out there, I know a lot of people are really mad at CBS for that. It's not really CBS's fault. They're not choosing not to do it. It has to do with a lot of legalities and licensing deals and... Uh, streaming rights and things of that nature that have been desperately slowed down due to the COVID pandemic around the world. Trust me when I say that CBS would love to have people paying to watch Star Trek. So <laughs> they're not holding it off just to make anybody mad or make anybody feel left out. CBS wants, wants Star Trek available in every territory they can, because that's how they make their money. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, don't don't be angry at them. They're uh, trust me. They're having plenty of meetings trying to get this stuff ironed out. So probably over Zoom, one would hope. <laughs> All right. Well, then that's going to be it for us. Uh, you can find me at the Star Trek dude on Twitter if you'd like to talk to me about Star Trek movies, video games, you name it. Zach, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at Avenger ZS. That's probably the best place to reach me. And Ray, what about you? I am at Siren Ray on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we are Red Shirts and Runabouts at Red Shirts Pod on Twitter. And you can find us at heroespodcasts.com or the Heroes Podcast Network page on Facebook. And like I said, the Red Shirts and Runabouts group on Facebook. Please join us in there for lots of Star Trek conversations. And you can always stream the show from our website or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Podcast Addict, and more if you drop us a review anywhere let us know we will read it live on the show as long as it's not super inappropriate so there you go that's one little caveat there we might do like a ben shapiro version where we say p word instead i don't want to do anything like him but oh, okay. <laughs> maybe i'll maybe i'll bleep things out there you go i can do something like that all do right. it, do it, do it. That's going to be it for us. We will catch you next week. Live long and prosper. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland four by e or summit four by e not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers 15,178 average based on 20 percent below average msrp from all 2023 grand cherokee overland four by e and summit four by e models and dealer stock residency restrictions apply take retail delivery from dealer stock by four one jeep is a registered trademark